Welcome to another episode of Infinity X, where we give a stage and microphone to human excellence in the pursuit of never-ending opportunities and merging ecosystems with world-renowned entrepreneurs and influencers. Now, here's your host, David Harder. From the production studios of Epic Financial Strategies here in Red Bank, New Jersey, we are Infinity X, giving a stage and microphone to human excellence. We have a very special treat for this evening. We are joined by America's accountant, Dan Geltrude, seen on Fox News. Uh, Dan, welcome aboard. So happy to have you here tonight. Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. And you got a great setup here, by the way. Thank you. I appreciate that, Dan. And as always, I am joined by my partner and the CEO of Epic Financial Strategies, Rob Gill. Hey, what's Rob, up, Dave? Tonight, brother? Awesome job of getting us together tonight. Can't thank you enough, brother. It was a pleasant surprise when I saw it. Welcome. It was great, man. Absolutely. So what do you got? Rob, the floor is yours. Okay, so um, anyway, everybody out there, hope you enjoy this this uh, this interview with myself and Dan and Dave. And uh, whenever Dan and I get together, it's like we don't skip a beat, right? It's just like we just left off, whether we're driving up to Vermont and coming back or, you know, doing some videos here when we first started the YouTube channel. But, you know, for all the folks that are on tonight, um, some people may not know who you are. So Impossible. I'm going to... Possible. So I'm going to kind of... I'm going to start from the beginning, you know, I'm going to ask you questions that I may know answers to already, but um, just to kind of build it out and just kind of, you know, let everybody know what you're up to in the world right now. But I will start with this in the last week of December. It was the last week, right? Yeah. Dan Geltrude was seen on 15 national audiences on different channels throughout that seven day period. The most you've ever had at one time. That's correct. And you also are an author of a book, financial karma. Positive financial karma. So how could people possibly not know who I am? Exactly. Bob? I get it. Financial <laughs> abundance versus financial scarcity. That's what it's all about, the mindset. So, Dan, though, when it all started for you, like you're originally from Nutley, New Jersey. Is that correct? That's correct. Good old Nutley. And you grew up in a middle class town. Yes, it was. Who your dad was, I believe, was he an account? He, 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 was, he was a teacher and a coach. What, what did he coach? He coached track and field and he coached soccer. And you did play soccer. I did play soccer. Wow. Never quite up to his expectations, but I did try. Yeah. Yeah. But didn't you get a scholarship? Uh, yeah. I, I played division one at Ryder. Wow. wow. Yes. How cool is that? That's amazing. So. Yeah. And you played all four years too. I played all four year, four year starter. Yes. And uh, my father always said it was all about the coaching. So I can't argue with that. May you rest in peace. Rest in peace. Yeah. And did he expect you to play for the national team? Uh, no, no, I, he was a lot more realistic than that. But I, you know, I I went as far as uh, as my talent could take. It's pretty that, good. That was that was good enough. I was satisfied. And and during your college years, is that when you discovered you wanted to be an accountant? Like, how does that? How does that? How do you go from you know a very good athlete, um, going to college and and becoming an accountant? Like, what does that look like? So I, uh, you know, when I went, when I first started at college, Rob, what I thought was, is that when you were an athlete, it did not mean you actually had to study. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought they were mutually exclusive. I, I never learned that part. Just so we're on the same <laughs> well, my page. My wake up call was after my first semester. And I said, well, uh, my father said to me, uh, scholarship or not, you have another semester like that, you're out. Yeah. So uh, that that kind of woke me up. And as far as becoming an accountant, it really wasn't per se that I wanted to be an accountant. It was really about where am I going to get the education to the outcome that I wanted, which ultimately wow. was to have my own business. 
So I was looking for what's going to provide those tools for me and looking at the business majors because I knew I wanted to be in business. I really felt accountant, uh, being an accounting major was going to do that. And that's how I settled on it. Listen, I think that's amazing, even at that age, to ask that kind of question. Um, it's a question that I probably didn't start asking myself to about, you know, maybe about five years ago. So that's pretty cool when I think about that. Um, was your dad as a coach and your mom, um, were they very, you know, when you were brought up in the house, was there a lot of structure? Was there good balance? Was there a good understanding of how to kind of think beyond your current situation to even ask that question is pretty cool. Well, my, my mom was always, and still is uh, pretty quiet and laid back. My dad, I always tell people growing up in, in a household that I did, it was like having Vince Lombardi as your father, you know, he always demanded, you know, giving the best you possibly could at all times. And that, that gets, literally beat into you yeah right so so you start to expect these things from yourself and and look it's a lot of pressure and i've i've said you know my father definitely was a tough love kind of guy a tough love kind of coach uh probably by today's standards you know they probably would have had diapers chasing him around Understood. but but at that time that was the norm and i i think given the times he he did a pretty good job. And how, how did, and, and at times telling me, you know, well, you're not so good. Mm. Right. So there was a part of me that also wanted to prove him wrong. So I wanted to please him and simultaneously prove him wrong. And I have felt in my life as a result of that, anytime someone tells me I, I can't do something, it's not possible. Perhaps I'm crazy especially when somebody says I'm crazy, then I know I'm on the right track yeah. because Rob, no one totally a, achieves greatness or any level of success without other people thinking maybe they're a little crazy. And I'll, I'll tell you this, go back to the beginning of time, the beginning of time. I don't know who it was and how it happened, but there was somebody who was rubbing Two sticks together. <laughs> that was Unfufu. <laughs> okay. Eddie if you Murphy. Knew him? No, it was, it was she, Eddie Murphy. Okay. Unfufu. So go check out Delirious. Okay. So rubbing two sticks together, everybody's looking and saying, This is crazy. You're gonna create fire. By the way, greatest invention in human human history. Create fire. Without fire, we have nothing. Yeah. Can't eat, can't do anything without fire. Somebody thought that was crazy. And now we're at what? Nuclear fusion as a yeah. result of that? Mm. So, so what I'm saying is, and the advice I would give people, if people are telling you you're crazy and you believe in what you're doing, you're on to something. That's right. Stay on the path. Yeah, all you entrepreneurs out there, listen, it's a, that last mile is a lonely mile. It is. Right? It's 10 o'clock at night or it's 3 o'clock in the morning. Um, it doesn't show up at your front door. Success leaves clues. And it's about the questions that you really generally ask yourself and how you handle um, scarcity, emotional scarcity, financial scarcity, any kind of scarcity when it's in your face and you're thinking of all the times in your past that you may not have had success. Um, how do you overcome that, especially when no one's looking? Thank you for sharing that, Dan. So as you, as you got older, was there um, resentments or unresolved issues that you had to deal with and or was it like, okay, listen, this, this is the way it was. Thank you so much for that. I'm on a different path. Like, what did that look like for you? Well, I, I don't. 16, 17-year-old. Yeah, 18. 
Well, I think, uh, you know, there's that old adage that your, your father gets much smarter the older you get. And mm. I think there was a lot of realization in my lifetime that the older that, that I was without him explaining anything to me because I was on a need to know basis anyway. Yes. So, you know, as, as I started to see the world in a, in a similar way that he saw it, yeah. I started to really realize the, the wisdom and his intentions. Yeah. And, that, and that was really important. And ultimately, Rob, all that led to me after his passing, yeah. all of that led me to the doorstep of Buddhism. And, and wow. Buddhism is really the tool that I use to explain everything I need to know about everything. Yeah. So let me say this, with all due respect to everybody else out there, I do not believe in divine intervention. I just don't. And the reason that I don't is, is because maybe I don't want to give control to somebody else and say, well, I'm just going to pray and it'll happen. I don't think that you can petition the Lord with prayer. I think it takes a little bit of action. Yeah. So the, my view of the world is cause and effect. What about the multiverse? Do you, believe, <laughs> do you believe in the multiverse? I don't know what the multiverse is. <laughs> it's like a version of me and you, like six inches to the right that we can't see. But it's oh, well, yeah, well, yeah. Now you're getting into the whole meta, <laughs> yeah, metaverse nobody, thing. Now, so we yeah. could but we could talk about. So wait, as an accountant, <laughs> hold on, because I'm hearing people are buying real estate in, in the metaverse. Yes, they are. And planes and everything else. Do they get right off of that? Is well, there, yeah, to the uh, extent there's a business person, uh, purpose, absolutely. So do they need their account inside the, 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 the metaverse? Metaverse, yeah. Well, that you you ultimately create America's accountant, the probably the better version <laughs> in the metaverse. Even in the metaverse, like. and that's who you seek advice I from. I cannot imagine another version of America's accountant <laughs> beyond this one right now looking any better. There's only one. <laughs> yes. So thank you, Dan. I appreciate it. Uh, thank you for taking on that journey with your dad. And, uh, you know, may he rest in peace. And there's a foundation that you have. Yeah, well, he, he died of melanoma, of skin cancer. So after, well, actually, right before he died, we started the Mike Geltrude Foundation. And our purpose was simply to say, hey, listen, let's find the cure. Let's educate people. And, and let's try to limit the amount of people who had the same fate he did. And you, you guys raise a lot of money for that foundation. Yeah, we, 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 we raise hundreds of thousands of dollars, Rob, for, for basically melanoma research. Incredible. Wow. And are you going to have a, um, an event this year in 2022? Well, it's tentatively set for June 14th awesome. at Nanina's in Belleville, New Jersey. Oh, however... Nice. However, we just, you know, there's some uncertainty. So you can you could want divine intervention to make it happen, or maybe there's some cause and effect and the virus takes a left turn and we'll be clear. Yes. It's eventually gonna happen again. Yes, it will. Yes. So Dan, awesome. You know, Nutley, um, America's accountant, soccer player, a hard drive, a hard driving dad that caught that taught you a lot of different things about the game of life on on how to view it. And as trappings may have come your way as you know, maybe success came your way, you were able to, I'm assuming, avoid these uh, sort of trappings that could happen. So when did you open up your accounting firm? What year? And that same firm is opened up today, right? That hasn't changed. That has not changed. So we, we opened our doors in 1995. So we're closing in on our 27 year anniversary. And, uh, you know, it's been, it's been quite a journey. And, you know, Rob, I, I just want to say something else, too, that I think is important. I want to, want to kind of go back to my dad for a moment, yep. and, because I think all of us have different experiences in our life that are somewhat of a parallel. Yes. So, as I, as I mentioned before, my father was tough, expected a lot, 
perhaps I always felt I wasn't good enough, those types of things. I think that we, he and I had a moment where I think he realized he had done a good job. Mm-hmm. And that's when, when uh, I was graduating from college and I was the student commencement speaker. So I gave the commencement address when I graduated. Now, after, and I, and I want to I wanna bring it full circle. After my first semester where my father threatened me to say another semester like that, you're out. My response to him was, when I graduate, I'm going to be the commencement speaker. Mm. Now, I might as well have said, I'm going to build a rocket ship <laughs> and go to Saturn <laughs> by the time I graduate. So I think at that, so then three and a half years later yeah. at my graduation, although I didn't see it, I was told my dad was crying during wow. my speech. That's awesome. I think that's where it came full circle in terms of, hey, wow. dad, good job, but I got this now. Yeah. Because what I did was, is I had a vision mm-hmm. and I built backwards from that vision. Geltrude and company, no different. So I, when I started the company 27 years ago, mm. I had a vision and I'm still driving backwards from that vision. Yeah. Amazing. And I'm hearing you increase the standard. You raise the standard. You, when you were in college, that first semester happened, you immediately raised the standard and that became, you know, let's say your calling card at that particular point. And, you know, whether you got into your nervous system or not, you know, science of, you know, neuro strategies that we talk about all the time. It got in, it's for the entrepreneurs that are out there. It got into your nervous system and then you made it so by doing what you had to do on a daily basis. And then you just kind of took that same data, that same information and brought it forth into not only Geltrude and company, but also when you decided one day that you were just going to be on TV, you made the decision, right. um, you know, you, you, you put the right people around you. You were at the convention. We'll get into that in a second. And you decided that you were going to be on TV and thus the third um, base increase of Dan Geltrude became America's accountant. Right. And that go and that goes to the core of perhaps in my father's wisdom, right. Of never being good enough. Well, you could always stretch a little bit further. And I think that's built it. And by the way, for those entrepreneurs out there, this really goes generationally. Mm -hmm. Do not think that your children or the next generation in your business isn't watching. And I'll tell you why. My, my older son, Michael, when he graduated from Penn State, he was commencement speaker. Wow. And now Michael Geltrude has joined Geltrude and Company. Yep. So you can blaze a path for people. And, and I would say your kids are watching. Yeah. They're yeah. watching. So try to set that example, set the bar high, perhaps a little less yelling, mm. perhaps a little bit more of example, and it can go a long way. Wow. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. That's awesome. And Dave, before I go any further, do you want to add any comments? You know, you had a relationship with your dad and, yeah. you know, some of the stuff where I asked Dan any questions. I'm yeah. Sure that- <clears throat> we are Infinity X, giving the stage and microphone to human excellence. Replay will be available. We are InfinityX.com and InfinityX YouTube. Um, and if you have a question for Dan, by all means, please put it into the chat. We're going to get into uh, real world economics and uh, everything that's happening in our, in our space right now. But, uh, you know, Dan, I, I, I really, um, 
I identify with what you shared so much. About two days ago, my college lacrosse coach passed away, right? He was very, very close to my father. My father founded with him the Pace University lacrosse program. Wow. Right? Yeah. And so um, he was the, uh, the dean of Pace University. And when I graduated from Pace, he actually handed me my diploma. So mm. it, was, uh, it, was, it was really very, it was, a, it was a special honor. My question for you is, when you look at Michael and you saw Michael walk into the offices of Geltrude and Company for the first time as a staff member, how did you feel? And what do you think, his, have you talked to him about what his long-term vision is around? Is it staying with the company? Is it doing something differently? What does that look like? Well, I'd like to think he's planning on staying. <laughs> uh, so, I, you know, when he walked into the offices at Geltrude and Company, um, I, uh, for the first year he's been with the firm, I basically was completely hands off. Mm. I, I let him try to figure things out for himself. Mm. I offered very little guidance at this point. He, you know, he's a CPA. He's got a good head on his shoulders. Let him figure it out. Yeah. I mean, I didn't have, I didn't have my father in my workplace telling me what to do. And I didn't think it was appropriate for me to do that for him. I felt he has to, uh, still has to, uh, establish his own credibility as to who he, who he is, not the, the boss's son. Mm. So I think it's really important that, you know, you, you kind of have to push your kids into the deeper end of the pool and they have to learn how to swim. Yeah. And then they have to be able to teach other people how to swim. Yeah. And, and when you do that, then you can gain respect from people around you. And if you can't, then, you know, the next generation in our firm, at least if he plans on being a, a leader in that, he's not going to be able to do it if he's not respected by other people. Now, there will be a next generation yeah. of, of partners in our business. He's not going to do it alone, but he's not going to be able to lead those people. And he's not going to even be able to join the partner group mm. unless he could stand on his own. And that's really important. You know, um, Shaquille O'Neal, yep. right? Yeah. What did he say to his kids? Uh, we ain't rich. I'm rich. <laughs> right. That's yeah, what he I said. To him, right? that, yeah. So, I mean, I don't know if, if I would take that approach, but, but, the, but the point is powerful yeah. to say, hey, listen, I built all of this. Yeah. Now, certainly his kids have gotten the benefit of that, but it doesn't mean they get a free ride through life. Yeah. And, yeah. and no one should be entitled to a free, free ride. Yeah. Why? Because you don't appreciate it. You That's have right. to work yeah. for things. You don't respect it. No doubt right. about it. And Dan, thank you for that access. And thank you for that question, Dave. Um, when I think about Geltrude and Company, right? And you built that up. And then at the same time, America's accountant was born. America's accountant, I got to believe, is producing a lot of opportunities for Geltrude and Company just as a byproduct. People must see you and want to reach out to Geltrude and Company. My question is, and I'm assuming that's true. And if it's not, it is true. Yeah. So my question is, what does Geltrude and Company look like going forward? Can you bring on as many as accountants as you want? Do you want to go in different states? Have you thought about that? Like, what does any of that stuff look like? And I'm, and and if I'm getting ahead of myself, you know. We could just kind of shift, but if there's something that you want to share, if anyone if happens to catch our video on LinkedIn and could be an accountant, it might be something that, that could be pretty cool. Well, Rob, the way I look at this discussion we're having uh, with Dave as well is that I'm forgetting there's an audience. As far as I'm concerned, we're three guys having a conversation and 
you know, we're letting some people in to listen. Like Fox News, you're live right now. <laughs> Just like Fox News, you're live in the office. We don't, have a, we don't have a seven-second delay? Nope. Oh, boy. Nope. All right, well, I have to make sure I don't, I don't slip at any point in time. <laughs> so uh, in terms of what Geltrude and company looks like into the future, you know, um, it, it's nice to start your own business. And I didn't do it alone. Yep. My wife actually co-founded the business with me, Maria. She's also a CPA. I've had some great partners along the way. Mike, Ellen, John, Bayonne. Charles. Bayonne. Charles. <laughs> Bayonne's <laughs> finest, Ellen. Ellen Rabaska, oh, yeah. I know as Ellen O'Neill. Ellen. <laughs> yes. So, so I, I've had some great support, people who, who believe in, the, in a similar vision. And that's how it happens, right? So you, so you need that support. Because I'm on TV, because I have the title and all that, yes, I'm, I'm the front man. Yep. I get a lot of the credit, but you have to kind of look behind the curtain. Yep. And there is a team there, and, yep. and they are all critical in what they do. Yep. And nothing happens. Look, this is an orchestra, mm. right? And, and perhaps I'm the conductor, so I'm out in front yep. leading the way. But you know what? The orchestra doesn't sound right without the cello. Yep. or without the violin, or without the drums, whatever. And they are all equally important to make the symphony sound the way it needs to. No question. And that's how an organization needs to run. So what, what happens, Rob, is, is I find myself saying, wouldn't it be great if I had a successful accounting firm and we can employ some people? And wouldn't it feel great to build something that you're supporting families. Mm. And then, of course, that starts to grow and starts to grow. And now I'm at the point where I'm saying, you know what, Geltrude and company and, and, the, and the Geltrude process is actually going to change the entire accounting profession. Mm. Now, Brothers changing the game. Right. So, and why not? Yeah. The world is changing. Yep. And accountants, quite frankly, are, are notorious, stereotypical. And not wanting to change. Yeah. You know, the, the big thing about what accountants, many accountants do, same as last year. Mm. So you're not thinking, you're just doing, right? And, and I'm creating a model where we're moving away from that. You know, if people want to work at Geltrude and Company, uh, yeah, we're going to use artificial intelligence. And yeah, we're going to look at some staffing solutions as to what we need to do there. But as I talked about earlier with you, Rob, right? But ultimately, the people that are working at Geltrude and Company, they need to be consultants. Mm. That's that is that is far above being an accountant, being a CPA. That's right. Because that goes back to giving clients what they want. Mm. What do clients want? Minimize tax, maximize profitability. They expect you to be able to put numbers on the correct line of a tax return or a financial statement. Can you tell them what it means? And more importantly, can you tell them what it's going to mean? Hmm. Now you got to tell the future. There's uncertainty there and people, well, I don't want to get into predicting stuff. I've overcome that because literally every single day, I'm in somewhat of the predicting business. Yes, you are. Telling people what's going on and what I think is going to happen. Yep. And I know you guys are doing the same thing. Yep. And we're working together to say, look, based upon everything we know, here's what we think is going to happen. And based upon that, here's the plan. Mm. That's what it's about. That's where you move to 
world domination. Yeah, let's. Yeah, I love it. World domination. We are Infinity X. Don't forget about Epic. If you have a question for Dan, please put it into the chat. And Dan, with that in mind, that's a perfect segue. The 800-pound gorilla that seems to be in every room, on every television set is what's going to happen with inflation, right? Inflation, (laughs) it's everywhere, right? Yeah. Um, But, you know, it's at a 42-year high or whatever it is. You know, it's it's really, really escalated. And so from that perspective, um, what are you seeing? I see more of the same, Dave. And the reason I say that is because, you know, it's, it's kind of like things continue to happen, right. Until they stop happening. What is going to force, you know, we're starting to get into like the, the, the laws of motion here, right. An object in motion stays in motion until an equal object coming in another direction, whatever the case offsets that we are in the space right now where we have we have uh, inflation that was created and we've created that yeah. in the united states and worldwide that we've done that the virus was a cause but the effect is how we've reacted to the virus in terms of lockdowns and other things that we've done to create inflation so everything that i can see related to from a policy standpoint, I don't see anything that is going to have inflation retract anytime soon. As a matter of fact, I see policies making it worse Mm -hmm. because if you're going to continue to print money and do other things to try to, as it's been said, stimulate the economy, which in other words, basically means We want to increase demand for production. That's what stimulating the economy means, right? So if people have money, so let's print more of it, there'll be more demand because they'll want to buy more stuff because they have more money. Wonderful, except supply is completely out of whack. So until the, the federal government starts to address the supply side of the equation, Nothing is going to change. I'll say it again. Until something changes on the supply side, inflation will continue to grow because that will never reach equilibrium. People have too much money, if you could say such a thing, and not enough supply. It's that simple. Yeah. So nothing changes if nothing changes. I have a question from my man, Deepak Tak. Yep. A uh, gentleman that I met through the Tony Robbins Platinum World. Okay. This question is for people that make seven figures, you know, and you and I talk how, about How this. much is that exactly? It's, right? uh, maybe a million or okay. five million or seven I million. can't count that high without a calculator. So, okay. <laughs> Over a million bucks. Got you. Not to say that he makes that, but this is his question. Right. Um, his question is what does, and we, we, you know, you and I talked about this on our previous, on our previous show, but what are some of the tax strategies you would recommend for somebody like that? I would go far beyond the 401k and profit sharing. Um, I'm not necessarily sure it's a business owner more than it's an earner. Um, but if there's any kind of strategies that you could think about, as well as for that same person who could be getting into a bigger space uh, based on certain companies that are going to be coming out for eight figures, what kind of foundations would you do for that? So in these cases, let's let's be clear that it's it's never a a, 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 a one size fits all. Yep. So I could certainly talk in, in general terms, but everyone else has a 
secret to their success. They have a knowledge base, whatever the case is. And uh, people should be comfortable in the direction that they go in, yeah. right? They shouldn't go into anything blind. So for example, um, if you don't know anything about Bitcoin, you got no business being in the in the Bitcoin investment strategy business. So right? you mean if somebody has a hundred thousand in savings and somebody that doesn't have an investor license calls them and tells them to put eighty thousand of it into Bitcoin, <laughs> that they're going to triple their money in the next ninety days? They they shouldn't do that. I don't think they should. I, I think uh, often, Sorry, often when it, Sorry, I'm not trying to offend anybody. When it sounds too good to be true, it generally is. Yeah. So, you know, with people making that type of money, here's the problem: if you do nothing, like, because that's an option, doing nothing is doing something. Yeah. So, if you do nothing, you put yourself in a situation where you are pretty much going to pay the maximum amount of tax possible. Mm. That's point one. And depending on which state you're in, like if you happen to choose the Garden State, New Jersey, you make it even make it even worse. Yeah. Make it even worse. So it really goes that granular, Rob, to say, where should I live based upon the money I make? Yeah. I mean, literally, that's where you start. But to your question, what I would say, generally speaking, if you have that type of money, you really need to look at investment strategy, or starting your own business where you can get the tax benefit of what you invest. Could be real estate. Yep. Doesn't matter. Where am I going to put my money to maximize the tax benefit based upon my investments? Mm. And then, of course, maximize your return on investment. Yeah. But there's no simple answer. Yeah, you could say, well, put as much away as you possibly can, no. tax deferred yeah. in your 401k. You know, uh, yeah, okay. Okay, now what do I do no, with well, the uh, other two million? Yeah, yeah, with all the other the, the other money. So buy you really, a jet. you could buy a jet, you could buy other Commercial assets. Real estate. Well, yes. Well, Rob, here's what you're saying. I'm going to buy things that offer a tax benefit that's going to get, that's actually on top of that, going to give me a return on investment. Right. So I'm going to, I'm going to skin it twice. Yeah. And that's really what we're talking about. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. And for all the folks out there, listen, when it comes to overall planning and, you know, myself and Dave, we're not fiduciaries, although Epic does have fiduciaries that are down the hall. It does come down to understanding how to diversify within and amongst asset classes. And then one of those asset classes on the overall planning process, Bitcoin can have a representation. I think what I'm personally saying is, if you think I'm going to put more than 5% of yeah, any kind of money, yeah. um, maybe 10, it depends, but 5% in any kind of Bitcoin or, you know, even Beetlejuice has a coin, <laughs> um, Bitcoin, you're out of your mind. Um, that's just me though. And listen, I could be wrong. So I'm not judging anyone that does it, but uh, for me, I'd rather just be able to, to plan when winter comes, always be liquid in those situations, economic winter, and always have the ability to kind of get into alternative strategies. If it's, I'm going to find, find buy other businesses, and I'm talking about the excess capital at this mm -hmm. point. But I think the biggest key is to make sure that if you are going to do Bitcoin, that your account is on the same page with your fiduciary, who's on the same page with your trust officer, yep. who's on the same page with your um, insurance agent. And if they're not, then you could be like the person that um, has a lot of financial success, and all of a sudden, all their cousins come to the picnic. And start looking for money. Well, Rob, let, let me say something. Hi, and, and, 
job there, Rob. But I, <laughs> I think I think I could add perhaps something of value in, in terms of when you get that call and people are saying, "Hey, listen, let's get what's the money in Bitcoin, and you're going to do this and that." So when you have high-profile, successful business people mm -hmm. like Elon Musk or March and financial investments in, in, in some cryptocurrencies. Yep. Uh, Everybody knows who they are, yep. knows they're rich and successful. And then they go out and they say, I think this or that investment's a great thing. Yeah. Yeah. And everybody hears that. And what do they do? They start buying it. Yeah. So part of the problem that I think we face is trying to offset some of the headlines you see in the media. Yeah. Because everybody hears about, call you up, Rob, Dave, hey, listen, I heard about this or that. And, you know, Elon Musk is buying it. What, should I do it? And, and the answer to that is, did you talk to Elon? <laughs> I did. Is, is Elon your advisor? Right. So yeah. he's familiar with your situation. And he said, listen, this is what I think you should do. If he did that, listen to him. Yeah. Right. Barring that, I think maybe you should listen to me instead, right? I mean, I think that I think that's the I think that's the problem that we face. There's a lot of shiny objects out there in the market, mm -hmm. and and sometimes we have to tell a client no, and then of course they say, "Well, Elon Musk made another billion dollars today." Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Those are challenging conversations because mm -hmm. that's the emotional side, right? So you of course, be able to, to talk to them. Um, all right. So listen, I'm I'm hearing like. Geltrude and company is about to take a quantum leap forward into the future. That's awesome. And, and, you know, you and I haven't really dove into that at all. So that's tremendous. I look forward to seeing how that works out. Um, as far as Dan Geltrude, America's accountant, um, who started his journey was about four years ago. Yeah. Five years ago, yep. five years ago. And it seems to be accelerating a force multiplier. Um, someone that brings uh, an effect to not only one business, but it has a byproduct. Yeah. Families. By the way, you know, thank you for, for the help that you provide for people for financial uh, mindset, financial abundance, and being able to put them in a proper position financially. That's tremendous as uh, you have a book, uh, Financial Karma, Financial Positive Karma. Positive Financial Positive. Karma. I always get stuff. Dan Geltrude <laughs> once said Rob Gill's messed up, but he's messed up in a good way. In a good way, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You are um, messed up in a good way. So so all beautiful, you know, stuff that happens around, let's call it the ecosystem of Dan Geltrude, the uh, orbit of Dan Geltrude, the gravitational pull of Dan Geltrude. What does America's accountant look like in the next three to five years? Well, if, if I tell you that, then I have to be accountable to make it happen, let's right? Let's do it. Yeah. So I got to tell the future. Let's go. You've done it. You've done it already. You might as well do it again. All right. Well, uh, look, is some of those outcomes look like this is to actually be uh, recognized. Mm -hmm. And and that's and that's uh, that's a literal thing as well, because I do go places. And from time to time, people actually recognize me. So the question is, how many times do you recognize an accountant if they're not your own accountant? Yeah. Right. So that's a difference maker. You know, so I really want to get to the point where, you know, everybody in the hell of it. And me. Awesome. That, those are the two accountants that, you know, yeah. and 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 the way you get and, and I mean, being known in a good way. Yes. Not, 
infamous yeah you want to famous you want to create that distinction because right. you're going to put it out there well and that and that's what happened you don't want to be the oj of accountants <laughs> no no i'm not going down that right? path no right jenny <laughs> i think i think you know rob i think that uh, all of us who do what we do we blend in with everyone else unless there's a reason for people to look at us yeah. differently so what is it that makes me or you or Dave or anyone else different? And, you know, you just don't want to blend into the, into the wall. Yeah. So America's accountant is, is my vehicle to do that. Yeah. And I'm fortunate that I have a, a stage and a microphone almost yeah. daily yeah. to a national audience to be able to tell them what I think. Yeah. And if it makes sense to people, they reach out. And, and if it doesn't, they say nasty things about me on Twitter. And you, it's okay. And you've successfully been able to take messaging and bring it down to, you know, three, two, even 60 seconds or less. That just doesn't show up at your front door. But before the folks that are out there that are watching and, and you're hearing about a multiple business owner right now, person that's, you know, not only written a book, but um, has had his accounting practice for 27 years, played college sports, um, created foundations for his dad is also seen nationally, uh, multiple times a week for anyone out there success does leave clues that just didn't show up at your front door right so so for you to be america's accountant can you describe what a day in a life or a week in a life of your schedule looks like well a lot of it does revolve now around the media mm -hmm. because I, I actually don't accept every single media offer i get was that in the beginning though no, in the beginning, I tried to make every one of them. There you go. But, you know, you get in a position where you could start to, to select where you want to deliver your message yeah. and how you want to deliver your message and what's the topic and those types of so things. So now you have intentionality, congruency, and now it's kind of it's 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 really stepping into what your core values are in your messaging. Well, yeah, it's 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 going to my outcome, right? Yeah. It's it's delivering the message how, when and where I want to. Amazing. And and who listens to that message? So a day in the life is, is, is working through where I'm going to deliver that message. Mm. The other piece of that day is, quite frankly, is figuring out world domination. That doesn't just happen. You know, there needs to be a plan, and I'm constantly thinking about what's on my to-do list today that's going to take me to where I need to arrive and my firm in 10 years. Mm. And there's no thought that's too small because mm. every detail counts was it always like that or are you stepping into that greatness more now than ever before well you know rob going going back to going back to that when it really hit me was the comment i made before about being commencement speaker when i predicted my future and actually made it happen then i said well why can't i replicate this yeah. so that's always been in the back of my mind to say just see something and then make it happen wow and that and that's how I go about things. So right now I am in the process of thinking very hard and very thoughtfully about how I make my outcomes happen every single day in the short term and the long term, because that vision of of literally having Geltrude as a brand. And how about this, Rob, as a franchise? Mm. How about that as a franchise? I love it. So instead of Geltrude and company, you know, strategically purchasing other firms, how about firms paying me to be part of the Geltrude process? Mm. Crazy, right? Yes. 
That's great. Now I'm on the right path. Let it be crazy. Because you know what I say, Rob? Rob, you like hamburgers? I love plain hamburgers. Well done. All right. So one slice of yellow cheese. So <laughs> can't be two or three. And it's got to be yellow American. All right. So now, Rob, you raw, raw onion on the side. All right. So, Rob, you have you have a formula for your hamburger, <laughs> your cheeseburger, right? <laughs> yeah, he does. And you may say, you know what? I'm going to go out and start Rob Gill's hamburger factory. OK, but now you're you're really slugging it out doing that. You're having trouble hiring people. and Maybe you can't afford the technology. I totally get it. Yeah. And all of a sudden you look at McDonald's with those golden arches and they say, Rob, pay me. Yeah. I'll give you the formula. Yeah. Yeah. We'll incorporate the McGill burger. Yes. And now right. you're paying them. But you know what? You're sharing the pie with them. Love it. So now it's a partnership. Yeah. But you're paying them to be part of their system. Mm -hmm. And yep. ultimately, Geltrude will build a system that other accounting firms will want to be part of. Yeah. That's the outcome. Yeah. Now, that's not just going to happen because I want it to. Yep. It's going to happen because I see the vision, because I work at it every single day, mm -hmm. and because everyone around me at Geltrude has the same vision and wants the same outcome. Wow. Again, we're the orchestra. Yeah. So everybody's got to play exactly in the same tune to make it work. Incredible. And that's how you get there. Yep. Incredible. And for all you folks out there, it's not it's 27 years in the making. It didn't happen overnight, right? Every, so it's one brick at a time. Rob, I say it all the time. Every overnight sensation is 20 years in the making. Mm. I don't care who it is. No question. The person that arrives on the scene, where did they come from? They didn't come from, at a, they didn't get dropped out of the sky. They have been putting in the work when nobody saw it. Wherever it was, it was in the gym, it was in the classroom. It was wherever it was. Yep. And those are the lonely moments that you made reference to, yeah. right? Those are where you start to question yourself. What am I doing? And what am I giving up in pursuit of this outcome? Yeah. Because you, get, you can't have it all, yep. right? You only have so much energy and so much time. It's finite. Where are you going to spend it? So if you're going to focus yourself on an area and give up so many other things, you better get the outcome. Yeah, awesome. otherwise it's futile. Right? A lot of great, a lot of great stuff there. Uh, Dave, do you have any 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 questions that I missed that you I, want to ask? I, yeah, I do. Thank you, Rob. I yeah. appreciate that. And actually, Joe Lord <clears throat> put a uh, question in the chat that is, I think, really relevant as well. It said, "Dan, I uh, I read an article uh, mentioning that <clears throat> they're thinking that the Federal Reserve is going to raise interest rates, maybe yeah. once or twice, or maybe even more this coming year. And his question is, how is that going to affect entrepreneurs?" Um, I would also build upon that and say, I'd love to hear your opinion about what you think that's going to do to the markets. Sure. So I'm good. There's two questions there. And I'm going to I'm going to start with a, a pre answer. Yep. The Federal Reserve should not be in this position that they're in right now. The reason that there's pressure on the Federal Reserve to raise interest rates is because the federal government failed to put policies in place to head off inflation until it got to this point. Raising interest rates is a Band-Aid. We didn't treat the problem up front, and we certainly di didn't take any precautionary measures. Again, going back to supply and demand. They overloaded demand and supply dwindled. That's why we're in the situation we're in. Now, to the point of what the Federal Reserve does in raising interest rates, they're backed into a corner, so they really have to raise interest rates 
or inflation is really going to get out of control. What does that mean to entrepreneurs? Well, the first obvious thing is, is that entrepreneurs generally have to borrow money. Mm -hmm. yep. Interest rates going up is, is not a great thing. Many entrepreneurs out there are wealthy on paper and they're cash poor. Mm -hmm. and, and what that means is they have to borrow money. That's really the lifeline. So they're borrowing money from, from banks and creditors and so on to be able to make money. Their margins get squeezed as interest rates go up. So the profit margin uh, is reduced. And when that happens, you have their risk increases. Lending institutions understand that. So when interest rates go up, now the banks start to look much harder at your credit worthiness and whether you have the ability to pay that back. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. credit, credit is more expensive and it becomes more difficult. And that's what happens to the entrepreneur. Now, as far as what happens to the markets, interest rates go up. People take the flight to safety. Generally speaking, they'll start looking at fixed income like bonds, and they'll start to leave the market. And there you go back to supply and demand. As the demand for equity goes down, the supply of equity goes up. Therefore, stocks become cheaper. Therefore, all of us who have our 401ks and our other investments in the stock market, we'll see that go down. So everything is interrelated here yeah. and there's no escape. That's why I go back to why politics and policies are so important. People say, I don't want to get involved in politics. And I understand that, but they need to get involved in policy and what people's views are of certain policies, because when they start making decisions, whether it's in state houses the White House or in Congress, all that stuff trickles down to us and it has a huge impact. And I'm not talking about just on taxes. It goes to regulations as well. Yeah. And you need to understand that as a business owner and not to say who you should vote for or not vote for, right. but no matter who you're voting for, understand if it goes one way or another, how to plan properly. It's always planning, Rob, yeah. always. And you know what? And that goes to, you know, when you talk about elections, when you're talking to your advisors, some of the conversations you should be having is, well, what happens as a result of this election if it goes this way yeah. or that way? Mm -hmm. How does it impact yep. me? Because this candidate says they're going to do this. This candidate says they're going to do that. So how do I position myself to be in a win or not to lose too much? Yeah. And it's important. But people right away, ah, politics, I don't want to get involved. I understand. Yeah. But it's a reality, especially if you're an entrepreneur. There's no escape. Yeah. There's yeah. no escape. Awesome. So then, Dan, like from if, if I'm running a business or I'm launching a business, right, Rob and I have conversations with people every single day that are looking to start a business, right, or start an alternative style of deploying their money. What do they do, right? You know, if, if, if leverage is not necessarily there, credit's becoming harder, what are some alternatives for them? What are some things they could do? It's really, look, there's no easy time to start a business. Right. There, really, there really isn't because, you know, one thing is going right and something else is going wrong. So there's never a perfect, perfect time. Yeah. I mean, you may end up in an environment that's more advantageous, but if you're waiting for the perfect time to start a business, that day never comes. Yeah. So you really have to measure your risk and have an understanding of the environment that you're going into. And by understanding that, in terms of how difficult credit may be to obtain, that's where you have to look. 
Best thing for a new entrepreneur to do is get a good advisor. Yeah. That's the best money they'll spend to actually educate them on these issues. Yeah. Because if they don't, they're going into something blind, perhaps with their life savings. Yeah, and, and, and self-education is important, but I think for anyone out there, it's really, it, uh, now I'll say this over and over again, it's important that all your advisors are on the same page for the benefit of whatever your investment philosophy is. Here's my question, it could be silly, but you know we live in a time where they just printed a lot of money and let's say rates are gonna go higher, right? We know they are. With all that printed money, where, where is it going right now? Like they got the besides stimulus packages, right? There's there's a lot of money somewhere. There's a lot of money, Rob, sitting on the sideline. Now, whether that's in savings accounts, pillowcases, mattresses, whatever, yeah. there's a lot of money on the sideline. And the people holding those dollars are losing money every day in this inflationary period. Yeah. So yeah, there's a lot of people asking, where did all the people go? There's no workers. Where did all the money go? Well, it seems like everything has gone into temporary hibernation. It's crazy. But that's going to come out. And, and let me tell you how. Because if interest rates go up, that means our debt payments, the federal government, those payments just went up. The government can only pay its debts basically two ways. Raise taxes. Yeah. <laughs> raise, well, three ways. Raise taxes, yeah. print more money, which makes it more worthless, right? Yeah or they borrow more. more. Yeah. So all three options are not good. Yeah. So again, there's another thing. Interest rates go up and people say, eh, does that really impact me? You know what? Interest rates go up, your taxes are going to go up. Look at that. So it, these problems, these problems are challenges. They're not someone else's problem. Yeah. They're our problem. They're your problem. And I think that, tell me if I'm wrong, Dan, that right now, because we are experiencing, you know, an increase in inflation that we haven't seen in 40 years, as these interest rates go higher, that inflation is still going to be present for a while before there's a shift. So there's going to be like a witch's brew of really both happening at the same time. Is that is that a fair statement? Well, what's going to happen, Rob, is, is that interest rates will continue to be raised until inflation starts to move, yeah. right? It's that inverse relationship between the two. So if you go back to when, when inflation was really crazy, right? In the late 70s into the early 80s, what happened? Well, interest rates went crazy yeah. because that's what was necessary to get inflation down. That's why the longer we wait to deal with inflation, and we've waited too long already, but the longer we wait, the more interest rates will probably have to rise. And we've already talked about what the, what the consequences of that could be. And why did we wait so long? Is this really just about midterm elections? Is this really about, you know, COVID? Like, why, why did we wait? Good question. Like, not that you, I don't know if you, but I'm just saying, like, why, why would they do that? I don't know what was said in those, in those meetings, but I, I did say uh, this past week, someone asked me how I would advise President Biden at this point. And I said, the first thing I would say to him, run. <laughs> well, close. I said, everyone, everyone who's been giving you economic advice, fire them today, yeah. Yeah. today, because they've been giving you bad advice. Now, I don't, know, I don't know how much the president really understands about what's happening. But to me, it's, it's, it's quite clear is that they were, they were using the word transitory. Inflation mm, is transitory. They thought that the virus was going to run its course and go away. People would simply come back to work 
and that supply and demand will level itself off and inflation would retract. Well, none of those things have happened. The virus hasn't gone away. And I don't, to be honest with you, I don't think it's ever going away. So we're going to learn to live with this or we're going to continue to give the public mixed messages, which creates confusion, which creates uncertainty in business and in the stock market. And the circle goes on and on and on. So again, the longer they wait because they want to stick their head in the sand and say, well, at some point it'll go away. Mm. Well, I, I guess so. Right. I mean. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's eventuality in that, but I don't know. Is it going to be this decade or the next decade, or will we even live long that's enough to see it? Yeah, that that's the fear I have about the printing. Like that's where like five, is it going to be three, five, ten that we start to see the effect of that? And you just there's no crystal ball. You can only go on, uh, you know, past performances, no indication of future results. However, you know it does rhyme a little bit. You know, you still, if you invite too many of those cousins to the picnic, <laughs> it's going to get a little bit crazy and you just don't know what, when the fight's going to break out. Well, here's the crazy Usually part. after midnight. Yep. Here's the crazy part. <laughs> if you're, if you're, if you're following what's going on in Washington, DC, you know, we're only a vote or two away from spending trillions and trillions more. Scary. Yeah, I know. God, well, only a couple votes away from from printing trillions of dollars right now, right? Yeah, and and uh, Kristen Cinema uh, from Arizona. I mean, those two are the firewall for what I consider to be probably you know financial Armageddon. Yeah. Wow, you know, of just printing so much money and creating so much debt, and 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 most of all, so much inflation. Yeah, because eventually we have to react to inflation. Mm. Dave, I can't see. Does anybody have any questions? I want to be able to give Dan. A yeah, if you have a question for Dan, please put it into the chat. We're Infinity X stage and microphone. Dan Geltrude, America's accountant. And uh, Dan, I do have a question for you. You know, you mentioned that third option, right? You know, you, I, you know way more about this than I do. But I look at debt to GDP. I look at all these things, and and taxes. You know, they probably could. And I'm not going to say probably. I don't want to predict the future, but they could go higher, right? You of course, know? they can. Yeah, a, a question I get a lot is, you know, okay, do I, if I'm a business, do I look at C corporation? Do I stay S corporation? Do I stay LLC? You know, like how, how do you, how do you make that determination when you're talking to your, when your clients are just, when I'm making that evaluation, how do I figure out what to do, you know, from a, from a title and my business standpoint? It depends. How's that as an answer? (laughs) And anytime I say it depends, I know I'm right. Right. (laughs) Okay. So what does it depend on? If we really break that down, it really depends on what's the end game. Where do you want to go? Now, look, what I was, I still believe overall, generally speaking, the, the best setup, the best organizational structure right now is still an LLC. However, if Build Back Better had passed in its previous form, and who knows if it'll pass at all, mm-hmm. then I, I was thinking for many small businesses, you'd really have to take a hard look at an S corporation instead, mm. based upon what was being proposed. But again, it would all depend on what, what actually made it. At the same time, you could actually now, because the corporate, in, uh, corporate tax rates are so low, yeah. You can make an argument to go back to that C-Corp status, but that takes a lot of managing of your bottom line to avoid double taxation. And you really have to have your head on your shoulders with some good planning as to how you invest money from a C-Corporation. Because again, if you don't invest it properly or when you pull it out, you'll face double taxation. So there's there's a lot to it. 
And no one should start a business blindly to what their outcome no. needs to be. And they do. Thank you for that. Wow. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. If you have a question for Dan, please put it into the chat. Rob, before it's back over to you. Uh, yeah, I can see I, I can yeah. see it. We're just getting thank you after thank you after thank you, Dan, okay. for dropping dime after dime. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> I, I wanted to, uh, you know, Dan, I mean, obviously you took us through a great journey tonight. Um, I know, you know I want to be respectful for time, uh, but I also want to give somebody a chance if they have any questions, if they want to jump on, that would be great. Um, but, you know, in sharing your journey. Uh, I learned some things tonight that I didn't know. Um, you know, myself and Dan, we, we know a mutual person that we grew up, that I grew up with in Bayonne, Ellen O'Neill, but we also both sit on the board of Clara Moss, the foundation. Right. Um, you know, Dan had reached out to me this year to, to be able to step in in a more meaningful way at Clara Moss. And thank you for that. But if you want to share with all the folks, the, the other opportunity you got at Clara Moss, which I think is awesome. I love you. You know, once again, success leaves clues and you know, this didn't all happen overnight and it's been a whole process, but if you can share with everybody the most recent news, I, th I think it's pretty cool. Sure. So uh, Rob and I serve on the board of, well, the foundation board of yep. Claremont's Hospital. And then I was asked to join the board of trustees of Claremont's Hospital. And I was happy to do that. And I was honored to do that. And I think everyone, no matter how much money they make or what they do in life, I think it's really, really important to give back in some way to your community. Now, I often say that really everyone should try to pay forward a little bit. And, and if you think about it, if we all just gave just a little bit more, just a little a little bit more than we took during this mm. lifetime, as opposed to, you know, I always say that people are, are givers and takers. Well, you could probably put most people into one of those buckets and you know who they are as soon as you meet them. That person's a giver and that person's a taker. We're drawn to givers and we, and we stay away from people who we perceive as takers. But if we all just gave a little bit more than we took, because we all give and take, right? Think about how much better the world would be. Now, we're fortunate. I mean, we've worked for it because nothing happens randomly. But at the same time, I think we have an obligation as human beings to help someone out. Yeah. And, and you never know where that leads. You never know how you're going to make a difference in someone's life. And, and it could be literally the smallest thing. And to not think about yourself and purely to think about just giving to someone else, to me, that's the greatest reward to know that you've brought yourself to a point where you could give without any expectation yes. of taking anything yes. back. Yes, and I love that. To by me, way, that's success. I love that. And by Thank the way, you. that's a great segue into the question that's that we awesome. got from Trevon on Facebook. Dan, what would you like your legacy to be? Wow. Mm. Well, I look, I, I, have, I have said many times that, you know, I, when I'm gone, I hope I've, I've left more than I've taken. Mm. I, I look at it this way, it, it being the son of an immigrant and my, and my grandparents being foreign born, I always looked at it as that we like to say we like the future generations to have it better than we had it. And I, I think that's a, that's a great legacy to have, right? You want every generation to, to do a little bit better, to have a little bit more success. And doesn't that go to the core of the American dream? I think it does, right? That, that was 
the the promise of the founding fathers right in the in the pursuit of happiness at the same time for me i feel i have an obligation for those who sacrificed before me hmm. so i would not be in the position i'm in you know, my relatives, grandparents, and so on said, you know what, we're going to give up our life, because we're going to go to another country in which we don't know anyone, we don't speak the language. But there's a promise of a better life. And we may not achieve that ourselves. But certainly to have future generations achieve that, well, to me, that is a tremendous legacy to leave. So I believe no matter how successful I may be at any level, my legacy could never be as great as my grandparents. Never. I could never possibly think of myself as sacrificing to that level. Mm. But with that said, I think the legacy of, you know, really ensuring the American dream for my children and my grandchildren to have created a path for them to succeed to, to make sure they have those opportunities, it's up to them if they take advantage of it. But I, I think that's the legacy. I, I would, I don't need a statue or anything. I think that would be good enough. But if you do yeah, want to put on statue. Yeah, no, I'll do the statue. I'll, I'm on the statue part. I see some other questions up there. Yep, yep. We are infinity. I think Ellen O'Neill has a question. She just texted me. Ellen O'Neill has a question? She may. <laughs> Replay she said, available. Thanks for on... the cute shout out. You're welcome, Ellen. Happy New Year. You know, I've always loved you from day one. And he means that. Yes. Replay. Thank you for the man of the year. Yep. Replay available. We are infinityx.com. We are infinityx uh, YouTube. We're joined this evening by Dan Geltrude, America's accountant. And, uh, you know, uh, Dan, any parting shots that you'd like to you know, leave with entrepreneurs, something that you feel is, uh, is, is current relevant, you know, that they ought to be taking into consideration going into 2022? Well, it's, you know, it, that's really tough when you get into giving specifics because everyone is, is, is leading a different life and has different objectives and, and things they want to achieve. So I would say as an overall and the advice I would, I would give people is this. If you can dream it, then it means you can do it, right? If you could think about something enough and say, well, I can do that. Well, the only thing that stands between you and that outcome is you. Now, when you, when you look at it that way, it can be overwhelming at times to say, well, here I stand and there's the mountain and boy, it's a long way to the top. I don't know how I could possibly get there. I would just say, just change your point of view. Just see yourself on top of the mountain. Because if you could see yourself on top of the mountain, all it really means is let's look down and simply trace the path of how you got there. To me, it really doesn't change per se. You can say, well, what's the difference? You still have to take those steps. You're right. All I'm saying is if you just alter your perspective of it, it's a lot easier to have a dream and see yourself at the end, at the outcome, at the pinnacle of where you want to be and simply look back and say, oh, in order to arrive here, here's all the things that I had to do. That's a heck of a lot easier than saying I'm at the bottom of the mountain and I want to climb this thing. And boy, there, there could be an avalanche. There could be a rock slide. So many I could freeze. There's so many things that can happen. Yes, but don't look at it that way. Look at what you did to arrive at the top of the mountain. And I think hmm. that lends itself to getting rid of anxiety, 
and fear and essentially taking yourself out of being the obstacle yeah. of realizing your dreams. Incredible. It's that simple. Yeah. I mean, you know, asking empowering questions, taking them one step at a time. Um, you know, if you're driving at night, you can only see 300 feet and feet in front of you anyway. Right. Because right? with the headlights, you can't right. really see a mile down the road and keeping it in those simple bites is amazing. And I got to tell you, I'm going to let you close it out, David, but tonight has been phenomenal. I've spent a lot of time with you, Dan, um, but this has been by far and away another increased base camp and, and just my knowledge and, and where we're at, where you're at right now is incredible. And I want to thank you so much uh, for coming down here and spending some time with, you know, the good folks at Epic and anyone that's on here that that's been able to hear the message that you had to send that, that it was awesome. And David, if you want to yeah, ask actually, your question, yeah, Dan, close it out. If, if you have time for one more question, we sure. have another question coming. I think is great. Are there any financial vehicles who, out the there? That, it's from Joe Lord. Um, are there any financial vehicles out there, in your opinion, that are best suited to combat rising inflation happening right now? Life insurance. <laughs> <laughs> well, Rob gave you one answer. Life insurance. Cash value, high dividend paying, overfunded life insurance. <laughs> So, so Rob just gave you one. Here, here's the way you need to look at inflation in, in general. You, you see where inflation is going. It's, it's devaluing the dollars you're holding on to literally every second. So what you're in a, who you're competing against, inflation, you have to simply think, where can I put my money that will make up that difference and not, and not just to break even? How do I exceed getting past inflation and then getting a return on that investment yeah, that, is, that is reasonable based upon the risk mm. that you take? And of course, as Rob just said, taking the tax implications into consideration. Yeah. And, and that's what you need to do. So it's really hard to say, hey, listen, go out and buy a piece of property. If you find the right property, that's the answer. Mm -hmm. If you find the right stock, that's the answer. Hard. If you know how to use life insurance properly. That's the answer. But again, all those answers require research. It requires homework. It just doesn't land in your lap. It's not something you see on TV. It's not something your buddy's telling you about. The obligation to figure that out is on you. Yeah. Awesome. That is Dan Geltrude. We are Infinity X. You can find him at Geltrude.com, right, Dan? That's correct. Yep, Geltrude.com, America's accountant on uh, YouTube, social media. Uh, we are Infinity X. The replay of this is going to be on WeAreInfinityX.com and We Are Infinity X YouTube. And Dan, can't thank you enough for spending some time with us this evening. It was super timely. Really appreciate you. And by the way, if you do find them on Geltrude.com, if you say that you saw them on Infinity X, you'll move right to the top of the list. That's right. Yes, you will. No delays. You get my, get my direct line. You'll get my cell number. You get my home number and my license plate. Thank you, Dan. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. I'm honored. Awesome. All of you out there, thank you very, very much for spending this live session with us. We are Infinity X signing off for this evening. Next Tuesday, we will see you on another session of Infinity X. Have a wonderful night. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Infinity X. Don't forget to check us out on YouTube by searching We Are Infinity X. Until next time.